Last time we left off, Lena, Mayfleet, and Dune Harrow swapped their jobs after a job day, so that because they both had what they both wanted, but opposite. Because Lena Mayfleet had the pipeworks laborer, and Dune wanted to be in the pipeworks, and Dune had the messenger, which Lena really wanted. And I'm going to be telling you season two. No, not season two, chapter two. Okay, let me find it. Chapter two. A message to the mayor. Lena often took different routes between school and home. Sometimes just for variety, she'd go all the way around Spike Swallow Square, or way up by the shoe repair shops and on Liver and Livery Street. But today she took the shortest route because she was eager to get home and tell her news. She ran fast and easily through the streets of Ember. Every corner, every alley, every every building was familiar to her. She wa- always knew where she was, though most streets looked more or less the same. All of them were lined with old two-story stone buildings. The wood of the window frames and doors, long unpainted, on the street level were shops. Were shops. Above the shops were apartments where people lived. Every building where people lived. Every building at the place where the wall met the roof was equipped with a row of floodlights, big cone-shaped lamps, with uh with cast uh that cast. Lamps that cast a strong yellow glare. Stone walls, lighted windows, lumpy, muffled shapes of people. Lena flew by them. Her slender legs felt immensely strong, like the wood of a bow that flexes and springs. She darted around obstacles, broken furniture, left for... Uh, left for the trash heaps, or for scavengers, or for scavengers stoves and for scavengers, yeah, or for scavengers stoves and refrigerators that were past repair. Peddlers sitting on the pavement with their war wares spread out around them. She leaped over cracks and potholes. When she came to Hafter Street, she slowed, and she slowed a little. She the street was deep in in shadow. Four of its street lamps were out and had not been fixed for a for a. Had not been fixed. For a second, Lena thought of the rumors she heard about light bulb about light bulbs that some 
kinds were completely gone. She was used to shortages of things, everyone was, but not of light bulbs. If the bulbs for the street lamps ran out, the only light would be inside the buildings. What would be inside the buildings? What would happen then? How could people find their way through the streets in the dark? Someone, somewhere inside her, a black worm of dread stirred. 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 She thought about Dune's outburst in class. Could things really? Uh, be as bad as he said. She didn't want to believe it. She pushed the thought away as she turned onto Budlow Street. Uh, she sped up again. She passed a line of customers waiting to get into the vegetable market. Their shopping bags draped over their arms at the corner of Oliver Street. She dodged a group of washers trudging along with bags of laundry and some movers carrying away a broken table. She passed a street uh, she passed a street sweeper shoving dust around with its with his broom. Uh, I'm so lucky, she thought, to have the job I want. And because of Dune Harrow of all people <coughs> of all people when they were younger Lena and Dune had been friends to get friends together they had explored the back alleys of dimly of dimly lit edges of the city but in their fourth year of the school they had begun to grow apart it started one day during the hour of free time, when the children in their class were play, play, playing on the front steps of the school. I can go down three steps at a time, someone would bo uh, boast. I can I can hop down on I can hop down on one foot, someone else would say. The others would chime in, uh, chime in. I can do a handstand against uh, the pillar. I can leap for I can leapfrog over the trash can. As soon as one child did something, all the rest would do it too, to prove they could. They could. Lena could do it all, even when the dares got wilder. She yelled out the wildest of of all. I can climb the light pole. For a second, everyone just stared at her. But Lena dashed across the street, took off her shoes and socks, and wrapped herself around the cold metal of the pole. Pushing with her bare feet, she, she inched upward. She didn't get very far before she lost her grip and fell back down. The children laughed, and so did she. I didn't say I'd climb to the top, she explained. I just said I'd climb it. The others swarmed forward to try. Um, to try. Lizzie wouldn't take off her socks. Her feet were too cold. She said so. She said so. She kept sliding back forty. Uh, for she. 
she stepped she kept sliding back 40 pen wasn't strong enough to get more than a foot off the ground next came dune he took his shoes and socks off and placed them neatly at the foot of the pole then he announced in the, his serious way i'm going to the top he clasped the pole and started upward pushing with his feet his knees sticking out to the sides he pulled himself upward pushed again he was higher now than lena had been but suddenly his hands slid and he came plummeting down he landed on his bottom with his legs poking up in the air lena laughed she shouldn't have he might have been hurt but he looked so funny that she couldn't help it he wasn't hurt he could have jumped up grinned and walked away i'm oh, sorry he, he could have yeah, yeah. but dune didn't take things uh lightly when she heard lena uh, hold on she didn't take things lightly when she heard lena and the others laughing his face darkened his temper rose in him like hot water don't you dare laugh at me, he said to Lena. I did better than you did. That was a stupid idea anyway. A stupid, stupid idea to climb that pole. And as he was shouting red in the face, their teacher, Miss, uh, yeah, Miss, uh, Mr. Poster, Mr. Poster came out onto the steps and saw him. She took off, she took him by the shirt collar and to the school director's office, where he got a scolding he didn't think he deserved. After that day, Lena and Dune barely looked at each other. Each other, when they passed in the hallway, at first it was because they were fuming about what had happened. Dune didn't like being laughed at. Lena didn't like being shouted at. After a while, the memory of the light pole incident faded. But they, but then, but by then, they had got out of the habit of friendship. Then, by the time they were, sorry, by the time they were twelve, and they knew. By the time they were twelve, um, they knew each other uh, only as classmates. Lena was friends with Vindy Chance, Orly Gordon, and most of all, and most of all, red-haired Lizzie Bisco, who could run almost as fast as Lena and could talk three times faster. Now, as Lena sped towards home, she felt immensely grateful to Dune and uh, hoped he'd come to no harm in the pipeworks. Maybe, I accidentally took out all the pages. Um. Chapter one. Should we have a message for the mayor? Um.
um, they maybe they'd be friends again. She'd like to ask him about the pipe the pipeworks. She was curious about it. When she got to the Greystone Street, to Greystone Street, she passed Clary Lane, who was probably on her way to the greenhouse. Clary waved her and called out, "What job? Uh, what job?" And Lena called back, "Messenger!" and ran on. Lena lived in Quillam Square, over the yarn shop run by her grandmother. When she got to the shop, the bur- she burst in the door and cried, "Granny, I'm a messenger!" Granny, Granny's shop had once been a tidy place where each ball of yarn and spool of thread had been had its spot in the cubby holes that lined the walls. At all the all the yarn all the yarn and thread came from old clothes that had gotten too shabby to be worn. Granny unraveled sweaters and picked apart dresses and jackets and pants. She she wound the yarn into balls and thread into onto spools and people bought them to use in in making clo- new clothes. These days the shop was a mess. Long loops and strands of yarn dangled out of the cubbies and the brown and grays and purples were mixed in with the out oh, on and olive greens and dark blues granny and dark blues granny's customers often had to spend half an hour unsnarling the uh, rust red rust red yarn from the mud brown or trying to fish out the end of a thread from a tangled wad Granny wasn't much help. Most of the day, she just dozed behind the counter in her rocking chair. That's where she was when Lena burst in with her news. Lena saw that Granny had forgotten to knot uh, knot up her hair that morning. It wasn't. It was stranded out from her head in a wild white frizz. Granny stood up, looking puzzled. You aren't a messenger, dear. You're a schoolgirl, she said. But, Granny, today was assignment day. I got my job, and I'm a messenger. Granny's eyes lit up, and she slapped her hand down on the counter. I remember, she cried. A messenger, that's a grand job. You'll be good at it. Lena's little sister toddled uh, toddled out from behind the counter. On unsteady legs, she had a round face and round brown eyes. And round brown eyes. At the top of her head was a a sprig of brown hair tied up with a scrap of red yarn. She grabbed it onto Lena's knees. Wina, Wina! She said, um, Lena bent over and took the child's hand. Poppy, your big sister, got a good job. Are you happy, Poppy? Are you proud of me? 
Poppy said something that sounded like hoppy, hoppy, hoppy. Lena laughed, hoisted her up, and danced with her around the shop. Lena loved her little sister so much that it was like the family she had now two years ago when the coughing sickness was raging through the city again. Her father had died. Some months later, her mother, mother giving birth to Poppy had died, too. Lena missed her parents with an ache that was so, as strong as what she felt for, for Poppy, only it, only it was hollow, a, a hollow feeling instead of a full one. When do you start? asked Granny. Tomorrow, said Lena. I reported to the messenger station at eight o'clock. o'clock. You'll be a famous messenger, said Granny. Fast and famous. Taking Poppy with her, with her, Lena went out of the shop and climbed the stairs to her apartment. It was a small apartment, only four rooms, but her but there was enough stuff in it to fill twenty. There were things that had belonged to Lena's parents, her grandparents, and even their grandparents. Old, uh, old broken, cracked, and even their uh, old broken, cracked, uh, threadbare thing, threadbare things that had been patched and repaired dozens of hundreds of times. People of Ember. People of Ember barely threw anything away. They made the best possible use of what they had. In Lena's apartment, layers of worn rugs and car and carpets covered um, covered the floor, making it soft but un, un- uh, underfoot against one wall. Squatting a sagging couch where blankets and pillows so many that you had to that you had to toss some on the floor before you could sit down against the opposite wall stood two wobbly tables that held a clutter of plates and bottles cups and bowls unmatched unmatching forks and spoons little piles of scrap paper bits of string wound up in untidy wads, and all few stubby pencils. There were four lamps, two tall, two tall ones that stood on the floor, and two short ones that, and two short ones that, two short ones that, um, two short ones that stood on tables. And that's where I'm going to end off because chapter 2 is kind of a long chapter and it's been 19 minutes. So, um, this is part 1 of chapter 2. Part 2 will come tomorrow. Um, I hope you liked it.